Hello, all you listeners out there, all you dungeon masters playing Rime of the Frost Maiden. I am Greggy. I am your host to this podcast where every episode I get on and talk to you about Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frost Maiden. Uh, different chapters go through chapter by chapter or subchapter by subchapter at times. And I uh, talk about what went well, what didn't go well, and what I would do differently in my sessions. And sometimes I get out and do a little bit of prep work. And if you've been listening to the podcast, uh, you know that, first of all, I started off the episode in a weird way this time. And I got a little lost uh, for a second there. But uh, but you also know that coming towards the end of the book, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little more... Uh, lost and confused about some of the the uh, different story parts of the, the the book as a whole. Chapter seven is no different. I've uh, gone through this chapter several times, and I swear the information just kind of uh, goes into my brain, and then I forget about it, and then I'm like, "Well, I have no idea what is going on here in this chapter." So I figured this time what we'll do is we will go through chapter 7 and I'm going to get this chapter in you know situated the correct way in my brain so that I can run this properly uh, for my players coming up and I've got a few questions that I want to answer but first before I get to that let me just say uh, welcome to a DM's guide to Rhyme of the Frost Maiden I'm your host Greggy and if you want to get a hold of me, you can send me an email to thegreggiest at protonmail.com. You can send me a direct message on Twitter. I'm at thegreggiest there. Uh, or you can just, you know, send me a message on Twitter if you want. Like, you know, just at me if you want, whatever. And I will also let you know that every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, my party and I run Rhyme of the Frost Maiden on twitch.tv slash power warriors all one word with a z at the end and you can come and, and say hi to me uh, i i welcome you to get a hold of me in any way that you see fit and and let me know how your campaign is going uh let me know what you think of, of the book so far wherever you are and if you'd like to you're, you're more than welcome uh to let me know that you're you're available to come on the podcast and and talk to me and uh we could do a, an interview episode with you if you'd like to do that so today, like I said, we're going to be going over chapter seven. I, I need to, to answer some questions for myself. So I've got my rocket book out. I've got my piece of paper so that I can uh, share this with you later uh, as, I, as I make notes. And I've got three subsections here. First of all, what does Eriolarthus want? Now, this question I'm going to answer in the book. I, I want to find the book's answer for this question, which I'm not really sure. I think he wants to find his phylactery. For some reason, I don't know what he needs his phylactery for. I assume because he needs it to do, you know, the best spells and stuff like that. But I'm not 100% sure because I don't know that much about demi-leeches, unfortunately. Or demi-liches, I suppose I should say. And feel free to drag me. Uh, send me an email. Send me a tweet. Just, you know, calling me an absolute fool for hosting a, a Dungeons & Dragons podcast and not know... Uh, not knowing that much about liches. So I need to find out what the book says Eriolarthus wants. I also need to think about for myself in my campaign exactly what Eriolarthus wants. So this will be uh, in two sections. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and sub that right now. So we got A, and I'm going to put in A whatever the, the book says, and then uh, I will subhead B 
uh, when we get to that point, when I've, I've exhausted the book of its knowledge. Uh, my second question that I need to answer, well, this is like a two-parter. What is Heriolarthus's uh, phylactery? Like, what form is it in? And then also, where is it? I need to find out both of these things in the book. And this one, I assume it must say somewhere in the book, but I have no clue where this could be. I, I haven't gone through subsection by subsection and, and, you know, considered every single one. Of course, there's 29 of them. Uh, so I, I don't blame myself for that. Although I should. I mean, I should be knuckling under and, and really <laughs> reading these books a lot more carefully. And uh, yeah, that's it's my own it's my own problem that I'm having here. But I need to get this. Uh, I need to figure out what is Eriolarthus's phylactery. Where is it? And then I need to decide: Do I like the answers that I find in the book? Uh, is that going to be good enough, or do I need to adjust things? Uh, for my campaign and then finally how do the players get into the spire now actually I do remember this because I did read it later on but uh, the answer kind of uh, caused me more issues in my brain because I don't a hundred percent get it yet so you you've got some sort of a, a, a ritual that must be performed outside of the outside of the spire and you have to have eight items if I remember correctly or eight steps uh, to the the lock uh, that, it, that appears outside of the spire but where where are the clues uh, first of all that lets lets you know the party know that they even need to do a ritual to get through the the force field or whatever it is that is keeping them outside of the spire <laughs> What makes them think? What? How do they find out that that's um, that's how you do it? And then where are the clues? And are they in a good enough spot? Like, there are 29 sections in this in this chapter. Well, I guess a good so 10 of them or so are in the spire itself. So really, 18. There's 18 sections here. Does the book expect my my party to just randomly go from place to place? Uh, through 18 sections uh, to find these clues? Is that what the book has in mind? That seems a little insane to me, so I assume that isn't the case. I assume we're going to have some direction and we're going to figure it out. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write down in my notes. <laughs> when I figure out an answer, I will write it down in my notes uh, so that I, I always have it and I can always remember. Uh, so here we go. Let's let's take a look. So we got, we got the running the chapter section. Um that's cool i mean that's fine but it it's, doesn't give me the clues i need so we've got uriolarthus the demi lich once a powerful lich and before that a human with wizard of nethril uh, exists today as a demi lich that haunts the ruins okay he's got wispy symbols of the eight schools of magic the form above him his skull and quickly dissipate how would i describe that first of all what do the eight schools of magic's wispy symbols look like it so, so the book wants me to go to, you know, a fan wiki or something like that and look up the eight schools of magic and, and, and look at the, the symbols for them so that I can describe these to my players. Is that what the, the book has in mind for me to do? That a little ridiculous to me. So I don't know if I'm going to do that. I, I may just not uh, include that aspect or I could say, you know, uh, draconic runes. Uh, kind of form above the, the skull and quickly dissipate uh, since that's what their language is written in in uh, the Netherese city here. 
Okay, a demolich is what becomes of a nitlich that, that neglects to feed souls into its phylact and has been empty for nearly 2,000 years, buried under the rubble of Ytherin, far from the demolich's reach. Now, is that where it is? It's under the rubble somewhere? How is anyone going to find that? Do we need to find it? I suppose maybe we don't need to find it. So, let's see. Where? Uh, under the rubble. And then I'm going to put a question mark by that, because I don't know if that's true. Okay, so he needs the he needs the phylactery so he can put souls into it. Why does he want to put souls into it? Having lost his ability and his spellcasting abilities, the Demolich holds out hope that other Netheries wizards will come to its rescue, unaware that the Empire no longer exists. Okay, so and it has a poor sense of how much time has passed. So it, it's its thing is empty. Ariolarthus has lost his spellcasting abilities. Is that true? When confronted by new arrivals. Uh, it seems that they're from there. They're going to check them out. So he is he's kind of trailing the party. I've already put this into the game. I, I remembered that much at least. He's trailing the party and trying to find out if they are from another Nethery's city or not. So one of my party members, Selkie, has a tie uh, to Dread of X, the Mind Flayer, uh, back on the Ascendant. And I think... I'm going to call that like, uh, you know, Eriolarthus can kind of see that with his extremely magical uh, abilities and things like that. So uh, he, he can kind of see that and he, he's thinking the connection that I'm sensing here is strange, but it is uh, something that I recognize in some way. So I, I think that maybe these these people are from a Netherese uh, outpost or something like that come to come to save us we'll figure that out a little later i suppose one way or another okay it's gonna follow them around until something happens to change this mind okay it can't it lacks the means to communicate the demi dimly recalls the circumstances that led to its present situation so eriolarthus cannot communicate at all why why is that i wonder maybe it'll be uh, a little farther on the fall of Ytherin. Uh, after using Ytherin, uh, so they used the Mithilar to lift the Enclave to the, into the sky. So they came up here. They, there was some bygone empire of magic-wielding giants that they want to find uh, some relics from, and that's why they're here. They, they've they've been trying and failing, and then uh, they finally found a, a large stone spindle bearing strange sigils at the bottom of the sea of moving ice and brought it back to Ytherin for study in the fall. Oh, okay, okay. So during one of the experiments, something went wrong. A flash of power, okay. So it shut down, it fell out of the sky, and now the stone spindle, is the stone spindle the spire? Is that what it is? So Eriolarth has conjured a doorway to a magical demiplane and stepped through it just in time. Okay, it, as it settled, oh, all magic uh, was undone for a brief time okay and okay so so he got kicked out of it he got spit out of the uh the demiplane and then he got trapped he's searching for his spell book in his phylactery recovering only the former he re so he recovered his spell book but not his phylactery he also found several magical servants in stasis uh, as well as a handful of apprentices so some of those inside tried to flee Ithern, but glacial ice blocked all routes of escape and attempts to leave by magic were thwarted by the mysterious spindle in Uriolarthus's citadel uh, that's putting out magical pulses of energy to hinder spellcasting. 
Do I like that? Is that what I want? I guess it does kind of make sense. I mean, it, it could have just as easily been Eriolarthus had uh, some sort of a uh, an enemy that that caused it to crash, and then the the how is the I don't understand exactly what the spindle is doing. I suppose it'll probably tell me later on. Okay, so Eriolarthus wants Dysphylactery. But what is he going to do when he finds it? That's the next question. Why does he want it? I mean, he wants it because he's a lich and he has to feed souls into it for, I assume, magical power. That would be my, my assumption. Okay, so it's kind of this this spindle in Eriolarthus' uh, quarters that caused the crash. But also, Carsis, this weird guy, this Netherese wizard in the past, was trying to cast some kind of a, a crazy spell that would allow him to become a god. But Mistral, the god of magic, countered Carsis at a key moment using the a feat only she could accomplish by sacrificing herself and tearing the weave. Carsis was slain instantly, and for a time thereafter, most of the creatures of the world were either without magic or simply unable to control it, and the cities, the flying cities, crashed to the ground. How is the how is the spire? How is the spindle connected to that? It seems like we're we're getting two answers to the same question. Like if all of the other cities fell at this time, why is Yithrin different? Or Yithrin? Why is it different? Why why does it have this thing? I suppose because uh, that'll give something for the players to do. That could be why. Okay, I'm just I'm just coming up with more questions the more I read here. So you got this thing. Okay, so <sighs> you got the Nothics that are um, you know mages who survived the fall. You got Eriolarthus, the demi lich. You've got um, Meg Megan tirelessly performing their duties. So they're like the robots, the servants of the thing. Deadly living spells. You got tomb tappers. Um, mimics, uh, things like that. Cold, cold light walkers. And then the arcane blight. Okay, I guess we gotta go with the... Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the end of this book. It's so much. It's so much. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. This is good. Right of the arcane octad. This we need to get to. To pass through the forest field that surrounds the spire of Eriolarthus and the Ethern. Mithlar or Yithrin Mith Mithlar Yithrin, I don't know how to say this word. Somebody tell me. One must perform the rite of the arcane octad on the spire's doorstep. To learn this ritual, the party must explore eight locations in the city. How do they know which eight locations to go to? There better be a clue. I'm gonna be a little annoyed if there is not a clue where they need to go to find these these inscriptions. Now, if the book says. Hey, oh, one of the inscriptions uh, would be here, and it's in, you know, three out of four locations in the book. And, you know, they, they could get whichever step in those locations. That would be fine with me. That would be good. The only problem is none of my players can read Draconic. So how are they going to figure this out? I mean, okay, so that was step one. Hold a wand crafted from the nether oak over your heart. Summon a flame in your palm. Speak a secret about yourself aloud compel another to share a secret with you quench the flame and ice 
mask your appearance, draw a circle on the ground using the ashes of a corpse, and stand inside the circle and consume poison. Uh, okay, so it's designed to test magical aptitude. Uh, yeah, 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 that's all good. The, the ritual itself, the rite itself, that's fine with me. Yeah, I like the idea of the party uh, figuring out the way that they will make this work. Uh, that's fine with me. Um, I don't love how difficult it's going to be to make this work unless I'm wrong and I'm going to read a little bit farther ahead and uh, I'll be eating crow in a moment. Maybe so. We'll, we'll find out. Okay, so as the, creature, as the characters explore the necropolis, call their attention to any locations their characters can see. They're typically the most intact buildings. Unless they say otherwise, assume that the characters explore at a cautious rate of 200 feet every five minutes. Whatever, that's fine. Searching an unnumbered location takes 30 minutes and requires a check for random encounters. Whatever, we'll figure that out when it comes to it. Okay, so Yithrin, Yithrin lore. As they explore, they piece together a picture of what life was like in the Enclave. Whenever a location instructs you to reveal some of Yithrin, Yithrin's lore... I'm just going to say Yithrin, okay? I'm sorry if that's wrong. <laughs> Roll a d20 and refer to the lore table. Okay, I like that. We got to get to it. Let's see. So you got the Ice Causeway. Uh, that's all interesting, but no clues there. The Wizard Spires. A stone walkway leads to a tower that claws upward and inward. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So two of the spires are broken off. One crashed in Icewind Dale, and the other is buried elsewhere in the glacier. Uh, the remaining spires are intact. Two are buried in ice. Uh, there's a 20% chance that uh, gargoyles cling to the outside of it. Oh, they are inanimate statues. Uh, living gargoyles swoop down to attack anyone who crosses the gantry approaching the tower. These towers were once occupied by mages and contained libraries laboratories and living quarters now they lie in ruins okay so they've got a there's a map for looking at those that's cool uh how come there are no clues in the spires that would be one of my questions so chain lightning stadium we actually played the chain lightning stadium game in our last uh game and my players had a lot of fun you've gotta as i as they were playing it i felt like uh, oh my god, this is so, this is filler. This is like we're just rolling dice just to roll dice and then I'm just uh, you know pulling uh, descriptions for the gameplay out of thin air to uh, to uh, talk it out for them so that it's not just rolling dice and seeing who won the game in a simulation or whatever. Uh, and I thought I, I was kind of wasting their time. But that night, what I found out was that the players really loved this game. They had a lot of fun. They ended up winning, and they, they won the, the Stone of Good Luck that they got, the Trophy Cup. Uh, and, and they had a great time. So, I was wrong about that. When you get to it, just remember, you, you gotta you gotta talk about, like, uh, if they roll really high, you gotta talk about the great move that they, or the Megan, or Majin that is uh, there with them uh, does. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna call it a Megan... For the heck of it, you know, you gotta you gotta do a lot of the uh, sports play by play uh, to to fill it out and and fluff it up a little bit and make it you know more real for the players. But it actually will be fun, I think, for you and your party. Uh, this is a a good a good little section here. Okay, so you got the Tower of Abjuration. Abjuration. Okay, so inside of here, there. Well, first of all, it, it's trapped a little bit. There's a glyph for the sim. Uh, for insanity, the symbol spell, 
uh, that's hidden among all the runes that cover the exterior of the tower. Uh, so you got a little trap there. That's fun. Uh, my, my one of my players set it off and uh, went went insane for a minute there. And then inside, you've got uh, more Megan that are guarding in an anvil uh, that has the power to destroy other magic items. Oh, okay. The inscription on the ceiling is in Draconic and reads, First, shield thy heart. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Inscription. I don't like this, this subsection. Oh, no. Inscription. The inscription on the ceiling is in Draconic and reads... Uh, first shield thy heart with a wand from the nether oak. Oh my god, oh no. So they are expecting the players to go to the Tower of Abjuration, look at the ceiling, read Draconic, Draconic. Oh no, this is bad. This is very bad, folks. Uh, <laughs> this is not going to work. This will not work for my game. So... We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to change things up. We're gonna have to figure this out some way. Perhaps. Ugh. It's no good. There's no good way to do this. I don't think. How are they gonna? The city crashed before common was a language. So there's no reason for this clue to be written down in common. That's a problem. None of my players read Draconic. That is a, a big problem. How are they going to ever find a way into this spire? Is Uriolarthus going to tell them somehow? Is he is he going to sh show them how to do it? Why would he? Why? So your player... I am very disappointed. I'm very disappointed in these clues, in these inscriptions and how they're going to work, how they're supposed to work. This is very bad design in my humble opinion. It would have been much better. So you're gonna rule for the lore and your party will figure out, you know, something about the city from these places they go to. How come the inscriptions or the clues aren't part of that? I've made a workaround for making being able to speak or understand spoken the Rossian. Will the will the Nothic say it somehow? I do. I, I kind of want to have uh, an encounter during the next session where um, Selkie and and the stealthy characters could follow some Nothics who are speaking Larossian and are, are on the hunt for Eriolarthus's phylactery. That's what I have in mind. I'm gonna keep reading to figure out if that is gonna be uh, a good idea or or possible maybe they didn't write the book that way who knows we're gonna find out folks do I do I give them some way to read draconic if they find a book that teaches them how to read draconic if they find a translation book and they find an inscription on a ceiling are they really gonna try and, and sit and look through this book to try to find out what this inscription says that's insane that's a an insane thing to do. They're here, they're tomb raiding, right? Why would they even want to go into the spire in the first place? The the book has not set that up. Why, why, why? That is a, that is a question that I, I wish they would have thought about a little harder when writing this book, is the why. Why, 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 why? Why is any of this happening? 
because people are gonna want to know players are gonna ask and you've got to have a reason <sighs> prison there's a prison a maze of cell line uh, corridors they have arcane lock spells cast on them how are these spells still going after uh, the loss of magic when this spi spine thing this spindle thing caused the magic to stop why would the prison still have uh, I don't understand it okay uh, strap to the table is it a doppelganger named Z Zerophon it has been rendered invisible why okay uh, why okay uh, okay let's see we're gonna read it okay here we go shortly before the fall of Yathrun uh, the doppelganger murdered a sage in the city, stole the identity, and tried to infiltrate the spire. It was caught and imprisoned. The warden uh, was interested in studying it, and uh, perhaps uh, the wizard made Zerophon acquiesce to a series of experiments in between cast sequester spells as a precaution to keep from escaping. If, if questioned, it speaks Loras, but switches to common if no one in the party understands how does it know common i guess just nobody in the nobody in the city spoke common but it but it was a a, a living language at that time okay so they have to go to the prison that's what they, okay so they they did put in they did put in a way to make this work in the book the zero fun the doppelganger is trying to why is it rendered why is it <laughs> Why is it rendered invisible? I guess it's... Well, okay, so the shape suggests that something or someone invisible is lashed to the table. It's in suspended animation. So I suppose the reason it's invisible is to show that something is there that could be dispelled. That they could use dispel magic on it, right? That must be the reason why it's invisible. If you're going to read a description... <gasps> Why was it rendered invisible? Why? Why would it? Why? Okay. Am I just in a negative mood? Is that what's up? If I'm just in a negative mood, please send me an email. Let me know. I'm, I'm being a moron and, and I should have... Uh, I should have just understood this off the bat, maybe. I'm, I might just be a moron. That could be the problem. But we got to get... We have to get to Y5. Let's take a look at the map. I hope Y5 looks like a very... Okay, so we got Y5. It's just a spot. It's just a... a... Okay, great. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's just a, a, another building in a, a, a whole city of buildings. Uh, so that's cool. That's really cool. Thank you. I, I, I must be being too negative. I must be being too negative. But this will work. This will work. Okay. So in the prison, there's a doppelganger who is in suspended animation with a spell, a sequester spell. Oh, because of the... Okay. It's rendered invisible because the way the sequester spell works. I was being a moron. I was being a moron. It falls into a state of suspended animation. Time sees the flow for it and it doesn't grow older. They'll be able to tell that something is invisible. Um, if they want to see the invisible thing, they will need to dispel the magic that is uh, causing it to be, be invisible. And if they do, they will 
then wake up the doppelganger who looks like a, a human, uh, a thin middle-aged man with a sallow com- complexion with a one blue eye and one green eye. Uh, and and it, it will um, tell them that it was uh, there in Yithrin trying to break into... So the doppelganger was trying to break into the spire. Irialarthus caught him and sent him to prison where uh, some evil uh, warden uh, kept this person locked up. This, I mean, I've got to come up with his, his cover story uh, because ideally he will not tell them that he's a doppelganger so that he can use his, uh, his powers to, to gain information from their minds. Okay, yes, uh, mag- horrible magical experiments were being being performed on the prisoners, uh, and and so far as Zerophon knows, uh, it's it's being in in um, being targeted by the sequester spell uh, is uh, just one of the experiments that was being done on on him, but he knows how to get into the ta- uh, into the spire. Or at least where the uh, where the towers they have the information are, and it would be fine for me to just make them the four closest locations. Who cares? Um, I, I suppose if I do that, I'm gonna have to write down uh, the steps so that I can put them into. I mean, that's easy enough to do. No problem there. That's not a problem. Okay, so let's keep looking. Okay, well, let's see. Does that answer any of my questions? How do the players get into the spire? Where are the clues? Okay, so let's write this down. They perform the rite of the arcane octad. The clues slash steps are in eight towers dedicated to the eight schools of magic. Zerophon, the doppelganger, knows where to find the clues. Okay, so the doppelganger has an ability to read thoughts, to magically read the surface, uh, thoughts of one creature within 60 feet of it. So maybe it it, it didn't know common before they got there, but then it it tries to read their thoughts, and uh, I, I assume doppelgangers have a very fast you know, metabolism when it comes to languages. <laughs> Not the right word in any way. Okay, so you got the spire with a magic in, in elevator. Wow, that's fun. Uh, so they go there. They've got a magical force field that encompasses the area. They can't pass through, nor can they teleport inside it. Uh, to pass through, they must perform the rite. I assume when I get there, I'm going to say that um, the gate has sigils on it. Yeah, okay, so... Yeah, the, there's sort of uh, there's clues there that something needs to be done. Uh, maybe the 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 force field is gonna light up a magic UI or something like that 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 uh, will will tick off boxes as they perform uh, the eight rites. And I am not gonna make them do the, these in order in any way. Uh, so long as they do all eight, that's all I care about. Maybe Zerophon even found a couple of them. We'll say. Uh, and, and can tell them what they are, if, if that's what they want. Okay, so the Tower of Conjuration, you got these hags there. They've got a coven together, and uh, they, they go around the ethereal plane searching for a uh, treasure chest to tuck away. 
Uh, they, if they get attacked, they'll, they'll let them go if, if if they give them a single memory plucked from each character's mind, uh, or they will flee if attacked on the uh, ethereal plane, vowing to return and seek vengeance in the adventures games. That's fun. Uh, and then they're going to always be on the lookout for these hags as well. So that's fun. They've got their hearthstones on and soul bags in their on their person. Uh, the characters who ransack the hag's den find a platinum needle stuck in a pin cushion, a pink quartz figure. Uh, they've got one of the inscriptions in this place, so they've got to go there, which is fine. It's a fun uh, a fun place to go. That's good with me. Xerophon, the 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 doppelganger, can uh, read Draconic, so hopefully they don't end up killing him. House of the Arcane. We got the House of the Arcane, the Grand Academy. Let's look, let's look. What is the biggest thing? They got a magic goblet here embedded with eight colored crystals. Okay, so the magic goblet is fun. Uh, it'll be fun if they get there, but it's not uh, important to our questions that we have here. Uh, the library, Arcanoloth Book Hunter. It'll be spectacle jackal-headed humanoid. An eyeless white five-foot-tall penguin in a leather harness shuffles behind it. Well, that isn't so cool with my mind. Okay, so I think in my game, the, the penguin that, that goes around with um, Scriven Scry, rather than being an albino giant penguin under the effect of an awakened spell, uh, Kingsport will be a, a, a crested flock, uh, Aarakocra, uh, that has been... Uh, Rendered eyeless. Uh, that's kind of messed up. Uh, so it wants the players to help it search for the books of keeping. Okay, I, I like that uh, Kingsport uh, comes and asks them for help. Okay, so the library is going to be a fun encounter. I hope they go there for sure, but it doesn't have any of our clues that we want or anything like that. Not that. So you got the Arboretum. Okay, so the Arboretum is good because it has a, a nether oak that grows at the heart of the Arboretum. Um, they crafted their wands and staffs from the wood of this oak. It's saturated in profane magic, and it developed a brooding sentience and a gnarly face. He uses the tree ant stat, stat block, but is neutral evil and speaks common and primordial. So I guess common must have been around back then, but the netherese all just spoke Larossian for some reason. Okay, so getting the wand is actually going to be fun. This will be a fun encounter, either stealing uh, some wood uh, from the, the nether oak or battling it and then uh, taking it from, the, from it by force. Uh, either way, that'll be a fun encounter, so that's good. The Tower of Divination. Uh, you got an orb of divination there. The stone plinth upon which the orb rests is engraved with instructions written in Draconic. Ask and we shall find. Wow. So the Tower of Divination is fun. Uh, this orb of divination that is there, that's uh, full of eyes, uh, is cool. That'll be a fun uh, section. So what I'm seeing is each of these sections has got an encounter or something in it that is cool and fun and interesting. How does this all go together is the problem that I'm having. I'm having a problem with that. Why... Was it written the way it was written? And how are we going to make this work? I've got to I've got to come up with different stats for the telepathic pentacle. The, the the fights in this 
I don't understand why the fights are are such pushovers all the time. Why do we have these these battles if they aren't going to be hard? I should probably look at the tree ant too, um, and and find something more interesting for that. I hope this I hope this episode is is something worth listening to. I'm I I may end up like cutting all of this basically. I'm sorry. Bizarre of the bizarre. Uh, nothing that we need there. Okay, so we figured out how to get into the spire, where the clues are. I mean. I haven't found a good reason for why they want to go into the spire. That's a problem. Eriolarthus wants to go in there to take control of the Mythalar again, I believe, is my guess. But I don't know. So I need to just basically jump ahead. Okay, so let's get to the spire of Eriolarthus. The shimmering forest field surrounds this 1,200 foot tall obsidian citadel which rises from the center of Yathrin and dwarves all neighboring structures. Creatures can't pass through it nor can they teleport to any location inside it. Any creature that performs the thing can uh, pass through in either direction thereafter. Uh, so it's the spire. The spire is the lair of the Demolich Eriolarthus so that's it'll get lair actions while inside. The ceilings are 30 foot tall, whatever, whatever, the lighting. Oh, so the spire is... Uh, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. This chapter. I'm sorry, this episode is a mess. I'm just... I'm getting de depressed as I... I don't think I'm going to be able to answer these three questions. I think it just might not be in the book. Okay. So I've now read through this chapter. I skipped a lot of it because I don't want to... It's not an audiobook, it's a podcast. What does Eriolarthus want? Uh, he wants his phylactery. Where is the phylactery? We don't know. It's it, it doesn't say in the book. It's under the rubble somewhere. Um, whatever. Eriolarthus wants... Uh, okay, his phylactery. To escape Ithrin and... Be rescued by the Empire of Netheril. Right? I just, I don't get it. I'm in a bad mood now, folks. Uh, what where is, what slash where is Uriel Larthus's phylactery? Where? Under the rubble. Uh, yes, under the rubble. What? What is it, the, the phylactery? Uh, not described in the book. How do the players get into the spire? Where are the clues? Okay, so that is mentioned at least. Why would the players want to go into the spire in the first place? Why would the, the players want to do anything in the Lost City of Ytherin except for just to explore it as uh, adventurers, as you know, murder hobos or whatever? There's no real reason, no reason given in the book that I that I know of. Do you know of a reason? If you do, feel free to let me know. You know, the Greggiest at protonmail.com at me as the Greggiest on Twitter. So now what I've got to do is I've got to come up with how I'm going to make this chapter work. I'm going to make this a worthwhile use of our time to end this campaign. And I got to be honest with you, there's a part of me that says 
I've gotten the, the poll results from my players. And they've not been having that great of a time with the, the book, the, the Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frost Maiden. They, they haven't known where we've been or why they've been doing the things they've been doing uh, for quite a long time. And they're, they're going along uh, because that's what they, they have to do to play the game Dungeons & Dragons. And I'm feeling very frustrated by this final chapter. What it's there for, what its purpose is, especially following chapter 6, which... The end of this book is very frustrating to me, I have to say. So how are you going to make this work for your campaign is the question that we have in mind. How am I going to make this this uh, this this work? And I think I'm going to make it work. And the only reason I'm going to, if it weren't for this podcast, I think next session would be the last one of the campaign, to be honest with you. Uh, after reading chapter seven here and looking through it and specifically looking for answers to questions to seem obvious and, and finding none, I think... I, if it was just me, I think I would end the campaign right here. Because there are very interesting locations in this necropolis. But only if you're only if the your players are you know, characters that are going to explore a dungeon because there's a dungeon to explore. If they don't have a reason, a quest, a world to save or something like that, it's gonna be very confusing why they're here, to be honest with you. I think that is. I think that's true of every group. To be honest with you, having read chapter six and, re- and read chapter seven, this adventure has an ending problem for certain. So I've got to answer these questions. I got to figure this out. What does Uriolarthus want? He wants his phylactery. The reason he wants his phylactery is to get his body back. He needs his body back so that he can get into the spire. He can't get into the spire because there's a magical force field, and part of the way to get into, to get through this magical force field, requires a body, and he doesn't have one. So he needs his phylactery. Now, if his phylactery is just gone forever, that is bad storytelling, in my opinion. And maybe uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I will give. Uh, the writers some credit here maybe maybe these things are left nebulous and loose on purpose so that I do have to come up with the reasons why for everything but uh maybe like a if that was their intention you know a little subheading that said uh, to be honest we we didn't uh, come up with a real reason for why these things are happening why the players are here because by this point you know we expect you to have thought of something and uh, you know made the made the world your own and here are you know three suggestions for uh what any of the reasons could be or you know these sorts of things and then you could choose one or you know they would inspire you to come up with your own thing based on your character's backstory and that would be good the way it is written i think is not good to be honest with you i don't think it's i don't think it's well set up and i'm i'm feeling very frustrated reading chapter seven you know, which is kind of a recurring theme in this book. I've got to be honest with you. So uh, we've got to, I've got to stop just being negative and we've got to come up with reasons. So he wants to escape Yithrin. Okay, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. So he's he's trapped outside of the, the spire because he doesn't have a body. Uh, it, 
doesn't specifically say that in the book. I think it may. He doesn't have a palm to be able to summon a flame in. Uh, he he uh, doesn't have a good way to mask his appearance because he doesn't have hands. Uh, he, he has a very quite a lot of difficulty consuming poison. I suppose he could get one of the Nothics to help him. Why doesn't he just do that? Why doesn't he just do that? Because there's a lot of powerful things inside of the, the spire, and he doesn't want anyone else trying to control it, I suppose. Here, I'm going to make a B subheading for what does Uriel Arthas want. Uh, he needs his phylactery to re-enter the spire. The Mythalar has been set to desert as a means to try to open the ice and escape. However, when Oral sealed them in the glacier with the endless winter, it set off the security force field around the spire. Without his phylactery, he cannot regenerate his body, and without a body, he can't perform the rite of the arcane octave. At some point, three or four years ago, something like that, Uriolarthus, uh, kind of in a, in a sea, he's, he's kind of in an endless moment where uh, he's, the, you know, so much time has passed uh, that he, he, he doesn't even know uh, how long anything has been going on. But he, he one day he sort of uh, realized, I've been in here for way too long. And uh, we, we're, we're, you know, frozen inside of this glacier. And, you know, how do I get out of here? Well, the obvious way, of course, would be uh, to use my, my uh, weather-controlling mythalar that I have uh, to uh, melt the ice around me and then escape. So he, he, he turned on the mythalar, he set it to desert, and he started melting the ice. Uh, Oral the Frost Maiden realized that her precious glacier uh, here in Icewind Dale uh, was melting, the weather was changing here around Icewind Dale, and she didn't like it. So she found uh, the Ring of Winter, which she equipped onto herself and stole from the, the Frost Giants before they could use it to make the entire world, uh, you know, a, a winter wonderland. And she has been using all of her godly powers uh, to concentrate it only in the, the Icewind Dale, her, what she considers to be her realm, her her location, her area, uh, with her followers. And she's trying to keep her glacier uh, nice and cold and chilly and, and frozen uh, to keep uh, the, anything that's inside of it inside of it. And uh, so that is why she caused the Endless Winters, because Uriolarthus uh, is trying to escape, and she's trying to keep him sealed in. Uh, simple as that. Now... There's a problem with Uriel Arthas' plan because, uh, so he's going to melt the ice and then he can escape uh, the city, but then he's just a, a skull floating around. He doesn't have his phylactery and he doesn't know where it is, to be honest with you. Yeah, his, his brain is a little addled because 
you know, he's just a floating skull now. So uh, he, he set up this 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 mythalar to to uh, melt him out of there. Uh, and then when the when the 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 security gate came up one day while he was out looking for his phylactery, he had a big problem because now he's stuck outside. He can't get in because he doesn't have a body anymore because it's been thousands of years. He now realizes and his body is gone and he's stuck outside and he doesn't have a way to stop the desertification uh, now that it started without being able to get into the spire and uh, turn it off. So the players have uh, a short amount of time before uh, there's going to be a real problem where, uh, you know, uh, Icewind Dale could very soon, rather than, you know, being in an endless winter, it could be uh, just, it could just become an, an endless desert here in Icewind Dale. And how, how powerful is a Mithalar? Um, could it spread even farther? Who knows? Especially now that, you know, there, there's something going on here in the city. Uh, the, the magic is starting to come back. What is the spindle? I don't get it. Did I just, did I skim it too fast? Is that the issue? I skimmed it? Is that what's going on? It seems like there should be like a block that says, we talked about this thing earlier on. And here's what it is, by the way. Uh, that's what you should know. Okay, so finally, the stasis chamber. A ten-foot-tall spindle of gray stone hovers upright and rotates slowly inside the circular chamber. This chamber was built to house the unstable magical items during the experimentation. I don't understand it. Okay, so the spindle is there. You can't cast magic on it. It just kind of floats. Why did it take down the city? Why isn't it just the same thing that brought down all the other cities? Why? There's no in more information about it. There was some talk about using the, the the staff of power on the obelisk to make you go back in time. Why isn't it related to the spindle? Why is it there? Okay. Uriel Arthas' phylactery. Do I just let it go? I don't... I, because I don't know what it's going to be. What the item is, first of all. Do I want to give another magical item to the, the players? No, not really. Maybe it is just lost. So is he only a demilich to weaken the character for the fight? Is that what the issue is? Is that why? I think that's why, to be honest with you. So the phylactery is, is nothing. It's, it's not important to our story in any way. It's lost. And the players are going to ask, where is it? And they're going to try to look for it, maybe. But there's, there's no answer. There's no answer. And I don't necessarily need it for my story is the, the issue that I'm having. It's just a loose end that, that, that'll never be filled. Um, in your game, maybe you could think of uh, an item for the phylactery to be, a place for it to be, a reason for your players to want to find it so they can destroy it, maybe. Um, that could be good. But I don't think I need that for my game. Okay, so we figured out how they're going to get into the spire. Why do they want to do it? That's a big issue that I'm having. So, at the end of all this, as I've come up with unsatisfying answer after unsatisfying answer, I've got to come up with a way to get them into the spire. Why Why do they want to go there? I believe that at the beginning of the next session, um, Selkie or, you know, the Selkie characters 
are going to find some uh, Nothics that are speaking in Lorassian, which they still speak, uh, thanks to their vampire bites uh, the day before. Uh, we're going to keep that going for now, and maybe they will lose their their uh, speech ability, and maybe they won't. But one thing is for sure, uh, Selkie is going to hear these Nothics talking amongst themselves. They're going to say, uh, we must find uh, the Master's phylactery. Uh, Uriolarthus has promised these Nothics that if they find his phylactery for him, he will transform them, form them back to their uh, magical wizardly selves and will return their uh, their sta- staves and wands and whatnot to them. And they will rule the, the city of Yithrin together as it makes its escape uh, out into the world. Uh, a floating city. Uh, Uriolarthus, uh, the now archlich uh, Uriolarthus, and his uh, his new masters of the Netheries uh, of Netheries magic uh, can then you know take over the world, and they will also say if they don't if they don't find it and soon they could be they could be having a big problem because it's getting warmer and warmer here. They've adapted themselves to live in the cold, and it's getting hotter and hotter every day. Uh, ever since a few days ago when there was a big, you know, a big cracking sound throughout the glacier. You know, since the since the death of Oral, or the, you know, uh, the, the loss of the material form of Oral, it has gotten warmer and warmer here. They aren't really adapted to it anymore, and they're going to have a real problem. And soon, you know, the whole Icewind Dale is going to be just one big desert, and they'll be, you know, uh, uh, dried out mummies here uh, in a big puddle of water <laughs> their only hope is to escape uh, as soon as the, the glacier finally completely cracks open and and they'll have to escape and, and try their best maybe find a way to re- return themselves to their human form without Uriolarthus but they just don't know how to do it and they've only got like three days or something like that to get it done is what they're going to be saying to each other uh, if somebody happens to listen into them or talk to them. And uh, they're going to have the idea uh, that actually, maybe, what is a Nothic? Let's look up a Nothic. So it, a Nothic is like, it's a person, but it's also kind of a creature, right? Because of the arcane blight, they've been transformed into this thing. It can still talk and stuff. So it could still do magic if it had a, a spell book, if it was a wizard or a sorcerer or whatever. It, it's possible it could still do magic, maybe. Stats aren't great for it, but <laughs> it could give it a try. And maybe one of them in its clawed hands is carrying a gold leaf scroll, spell scroll of, uh, you know, dispel magic. And they're all going, they're on their way uh, to speak to the prisoner. Yes, of course. Ovalar the Warden. Uh, had a had a prisoner that he was keeping in in stasis in the prison and we will take this scroll and we will uh, take the prisoner out of uh, stasis and we will we will interrogate him and, and perhaps he knows where uh, where the the, the the phylactery could be he was 
he was trying to get into the spire before uh, uh, long ago. Perhaps, uh, perhaps he stole. Perhaps he stole. He must have stolen uh, Ariel Arthas's phylactery. Of course, none of this makes any sense. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but that is what the Nothics uh, have in mind. Uh, which will lead the party to, uh, it'll give them, uh, you know, a clue that they should be dispelling magic on this prisoner. It'll give them a clue that there is a prison with a prisoner inside of it in stasis. When they get there and find, uh, the shape of a human, uh, but, you know, there's no nothing there that they can see, but when they touch it, they can feel it there. But if they shake it, it doesn't seem to do anything. They'll know that they need to uh, to to break the the prisoner out, and then Zeraphon can let them know about all of this. This all is going to hinge on them a following the Nothics and listening to them. That's a real problem. And b not just deciding to kill the Nothics. Now, the other cool thing about the the glacier now being you know sort of melting is maybe now we get big loud cracks once in a while while they're exploring and the cracks will come more and more often as the three days that they have before the the uh, the glacier melts and all of Icewind Dale becomes a desert uh, yeah there could be those cracks there could be uh, falling ice that could be an issue uh, while they're having battles and things like that maybe if they decide to fight the Nothic one of these tomb trappers. I mean, I'll have to look at what the challenge rating is and maybe think of a different encounter. Um, but yes, something something is going to come along and, and join the fray. And uh, if they decide to kill the Nothics. And there's Nothics all over the place. So maybe once, uh, eventually, they'll take the bait and listen to it. So yeah, that's my encounter that I planned for the beginning. There's going to be uh, some passing Nothics speaking to each other about uh, the, the coming desertification of Icewind Dale and uh, how they need to find this phylactery uh, to uh, let Eriolarthus uh, uh, turn off the Mithalar or once it's, you know, once it's, uh, once it's freed them, freed the city, melted the glacier and freed the city, then he'll turn off the desertification and he can then fly the city around wherever he'd like with the Mithalar. Now, the Nothics are going to be very impressed that there are these humans or elves or half-elves or whatever, you know, centaur, that can speak Lorassian. Although, what do they know? That, you know, if, if they see them uh, coming and they know... Uh, so they're going to assume that these are, you know, other Netherese wizards here to help them. So they will be very groveling and, and very ready to give them information as long as the party is willing uh, to play along with the, the idea, the ruse. And then, hopefully, it'll then all come together. If not, I can move around where the inscriptions are so that they happen to be in, you know, eight of the ten places they end up going. They've already gone to two, so that's a problem. Yeah, I could do it that way. I gotta come up with a, a combat encounter that's any kind of fun or interesting because this is gonna be a problem. Maybe, maybe that is what is gonna break up the talk with the Nothics. Once I feel like they've given them enough information, and now they're just uh, screwing around and uh, you know not doing a lot, or once they get enough information out of the Nothics, the 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 tomb tapper or the 
advanced tomb tap or whatever that I decide on will come in, break up the, the whole thing, and then we'll have a big a big fight. And that'll get us going with a nice bang at the beginning of the uh, the game. And then we can then we can move on from there. Next time I come back, I hope I hope against hope that I have really great news for everybody about how it went and, and I'll be uh, really excited to move on with the rest of the chapter and maybe maybe I'll be able to come up with enough to to make this a success in the end. I feel bad for putting this out now. I feel bad for putting this out now. I'm 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 giving you my real uh, reaction to trying to piece this together for my party. And it feels it feels bad <laughs> to be this negative in in episode 27 of a of a fixed length podcast. Once this campaign is over, you know, this is like a book that is in, ended. And I feel like I'm giving you a bad ending to this book. And I apologize for that. I really do. I think once I'm done with the campaign, we'll get the players on and we'll talk to them about how they felt about the book. And I think I was expecting that 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 meeting when I first talked about it on this podcast, I was expecting that meeting to be uh, you know, that that podcast to be a fun one where we talk about all the the great times and the things we enjoyed. Um, but I think we may we may have a problem. I think it, it might might not be the good the good episode that I was expecting it to be. I hope I haven't been a downer to you. Once this is all done, okay. I I'm getting lost because I'm I'm you know I'm kind of floundering here. Uh, but once this is all done, I'm going to record an episode that is you know start to finish. What I liked about the book, what I didn't like about the book. And what you are going to need to do from the beginning uh, to to run the the campaign successfully, and I'm going to mention all this stuff about the whys that you need to think of. You got to think of a why for chapter three. You got to think of a why for why the players want to go to the ten towns, and why do they want to do quests, even from the beginning. And you got to think of a why. A well, I mean, they want to kill Oral because. Oral is causing the endless winter. Why is in, why is she causing the endless winter? That's a why you have to think of. Why do they go to the, the Netherese city? That's a... I mean, if, if... If the last chapter of a campaign book is there because players will find out about this cool place and want to go there just to experience it, that is not good enough. That is not good enough. That is... That... Okay, so I'm, I'm kind of in a circle. I'm in a cycle now where I, I apologize for being too negative, And then I, I talk about ways that I'll, I'll try and fix things so that I don't have to be negative anymore. And then I get negative again. And I start spiraling. So we need to stop this before it, it continues on too much longer. If this sucked, I, I really apologize. If you had an awful time listening to this, please feel free to, to you know yell at me send me an email to the greggiest at protonmail.com tell me how great your campaign is going please i need you to do that i really do i i, I could really use that this week i have to say uh send me a, a direct message on twitter uh at the greggiest 
Or come say hi to us on Sunday. God, I, I could use that. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Power Warriors. All one word with a Z at the end. Thank you so much for listening. I hope your campaign is going really great. I hope you've heard me talk about all this stuff. And you heard it in time. And you've come up with uh, great ideas. And for the, for the love of, uh, you know, the gods or whatever. I try not to swear on this. That's why I didn't, you know. But uh, please, share that with me so that I can share with the people what you came up with at the end for the end here. Thank you for listening. As I said, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. If you reach this point in the podcast, thank you so much for listening. And next time, I hope, I hope I've got a, a more interesting and a, a better episode for you where we go over... Because the, the locations in the city are great. The, the locations in the city are great. The encounters in the city are great. The, the, the combats are undertuned, are way undertuned for my, my party at least, are, are extremely undertuned. But the creatures themselves, like the, uh, the brain in a jar that's on top of a construct, that rules. That, that could be an amazing uh, combat encounter. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look through the, the monster manual and I'm going to find a monster of a, an appropriate uh, you know, challenge rating. And I'm going to tweak the abilities that it has to make them more construct-like. Uh, so that my players can have a great time doing that battle because I think a, a lot of work has to be put into it. But but the creature itself is really cool. And the fact that if they want to, one of them can become a brain in a jar, that's really cool. And I, the library where they talk to like a, a demon in disguise uh, and, and they save a, a penguin that is being you know forced to be uh, a servant or whatever, that's... I mean, it, it's very dark and, and, and gross in its way, but it's also very cool. Chapter 7 has stuff in it that is worth your player's time, is how I'm going to end this episode. Chapter 7 has stuff in it that is worth your player's time. So you got to do a lot of work to make it work. But that's dungeon mastering, baby. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you. God, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.